Welcome to the Midlife CEO Podcast, where business coach and strategist Jeannie Spiro teaches you how to take your coaching business to six figures and beyond at Midlife. Join Jeannie and her guests as they reveal their best kept secrets to creating a thriving six or seven figure lifestyle based business. And now, Jeannie Spiro. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Midlife CEO Podcast. It is so fun to have another guest on my show today. I met Amy not that long ago, and I immediately knew I wanted to talk to her, have a conversation, and really introduce your business to her, or her business to you, and her to you as well. So I'm excited to have her on the show today. I'm going to do a brief introduction. Amy Flores Young, uh, Floyo is all about transformational travel and reclaiming the joy in travel. Amy is a true partner in the planning process so coaches and leaders can deepen their client relationships through retreats while meeting their revenue goals. Amy is a sought after expert in the world of travel planning and retreat business strategy, and she champions and rallies coaches and consultants to build the business and lifestyle of their dreams. Amy, this is so cool to have you on the show right now, especially after the time that we've been through. And also, I think in this stage where we're looking to plan some other things. So I'm thrilled to have you here. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's it's a pleasure. I always love being in your space. Oh, it's so great. I, um, I, you know, I didn't really think about retreats for a, a period of time, but prior to 2020, I was thinking about it for myself and I was like, wow, I'd love to have a retreat built into my mastermind. And I'd been doing events for years. And so let's talk about how you decided to get into this type of work. Um, tell me a little bit about your background. The longest story, <laughs> short, <laughs> is after over two decades in the nonprofit um, space, administrative management, all of those things. I transitioned home to be full-time with my daughter and needed something for myself, like as we all do in our midlife and like, you know, things shift, things change. Who am I now? What am I going to do? Um, and travel had always been a hobby passion. Uh, there's, I've, our family truly would not be the family we are with the relationships we have had it not been for our shared travel experience. So for me, it's more than a vacation or a break or, you know, it really transformed how we communicated and related not only to each other, but obviously our bigger world around us and all of those things. So I just have a deep passion for what a shared travel experience is what I call it can really do for you. Um, like on a soulful level, <laughs> don't yeah. know how else to say that. Yeah. So taking that hobby of, of travel and everyone was coming to me to ask how, you know, how I did it, where do you go? Um, and incorporating as I was meeting more and more people and as an avid retreat goer myself, mm -hmm. you know, that's what we say, never bring the event planner. <laughs> <laughs> Never invite the event planner unless you really want some feedback. Um, and just seeing things that, yes, the retreats were good, great even, but not wow. And I would see all these little things um, and then talk to a lot. I have a lot of coaches and holistic practitioners in my network and was hearing from them how 
exhausted they were after or how they maybe didn't meet their budget profitability the way they had thought. Being in all these mastermind groups, I was getting a lot of this feedback and it just, just kind of by deeply listening. Yeah. It was like, oh my gosh, this, I know how to do this. I can help with this. And it kind of just steamrolls from there. Amazing. Well, uh, you're probably, and I'm like this, I love experiences, right? And we have such memories tied to experiences. And when you, like, you can think back and reflect on that, probably from even your childhood, I, I know I can. And you think back, like, how memorable that is, right? And then as a business owner, when you tie that in, you know, we have all these dreams as visionaries to tie that experience in, because either we want or we know that it's going to be an experience that others really will benefit from. But there's something magical that happens in a travel experience or in a retreat experience, right? Yeah. And so we have these grand intentions, right, of bringing that in. But you just hit something really important, which is like you, there's the business side of it, right? There's the financial side of it, right? Yes. Yes. And it's like, we wanted this amazing experience, but the reality is, and it's like, wah, 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 you know? <laughs> right. Wasn't what we thought it was going to be. Um, so you picked up on that, right? Like, yeah, it, it was really the people that were, you know, just again in my orbit and that were asking questions beyond my traditional family travel, disability. I support um, accessible travel and disability as well. Like those, I was getting more and more questions on that group side. Yeah. Um, and again, just being, you know, like, I think most of your listeners know too, we participate in those networking groups, coaching groups, masterminds. We hear about other people's Excuse behind me. the curtain business, right? We hear what's going on. And it, like I said, it just was a theme, like, you know, intuition, whatever, just kind of knocking saying, you know how to do this, help them. <laughs> um, yes. And it was people would say like, I can't wait to bring people together. This is going to be amazing. And they think it's all rainbows and unicorns or they have that vision and they're already overwhelmed before they even start. Yes. Yeah. Where it's actually kind of in the middle, right? Yes, there's rainbows and unicorns, but yes, there's a, there's a lot of details that need to be handled in bringing those together. Um, that's what we do. <laughs> Well, so for me, it's interesting because I spend so much time with my clients designing their programs, right? And saying, okay, so, and I look at the sales part. I look at like the messaging piece. I look at the components of it, right? And so a lot of my clients will come to me and say, I'm going to put this feature into this program and this is going to be amazing. And, you know, we do all the work in it, but what ends up happening is a part of it takes over for them. And I've seen this before where clients will say, I'm going to create this whole program and I'm going to have retreats and, but they didn't think, or they, and it happens even with like live intensives, which I had, you know, for many years, you don't think about the back end details of what goes into it and really how many details there are. Mm, right. <laughs> right. You know, location, food. Great. We're good. And it's like, mm, yeah. And, and yeah. as you were saying that the business side of it, is not only budget of mm -hmm. like that one seems like of course but a huge piece of what we do when we're not doing the full retreat support service yes i also offer a service to review whether you had a retreat and you want some feedback and review that or you're in the middle of planning 
and you just want a second opinion on things and make sure all your details are covered. And every time I've done that, the lowest recovery amount, I would say, it's is at least a thousand dollars. They've either under budgeted or lost. And that's like the low end is I always find at least a thousand dollars. Yeah. That should I mean up upwards of five to eight thousand dollars right. in those reviews, which makes a huge difference, obviously, in your profitability. Uh, and and not that and then we look at profitability because you want to cover more than your costs. Yeah. People that's I was meeting people that were so excited that they didn't lose any money on their retreat. And I'm like, no, well, what else do you do in your business where you yeah. only break even, right? Like nothing, right? No, no, <laughs> um, no. Nothing. So why do we devalue that in a live experience? So getting exactly. people to understand that the live experience, you're giving more yeah. than you do in the virtual experience, but you're devaluing that. Um, and then we talk about with my clients, I really make sure like you're saying, and I know you understand this, they have a business strategy. Yes, exactly. So are you offering a live intensive? Is it more of a lead gen, mm-hmm. lead generation yep. for, you know, where you're trying to give people a taste. So they then move forward with you and something else. Um, is it already included? Mm-hmm. Yep, in a group program are you already building in that price which then you have to really make sure you're pricing your group programs to cover um right. that you're adding a retreat into it uh and then the same you know we go so i've seen a lot especially since the pandemic and everyone going virtual with everything um coaches and leaders in a great way have really been able to dial in their content mm-hmm and really lock in their secret sauce and their message and, um, you know, signature system, if you will. But so they have this now, how do you incorporate that into a live event? Again, with a strategy, are you giving it all at once? Right. Or are you introducing it? So then they dive deeper later on. Um, you know, so you're right. There are things to think about, not just the location retreat. yeah not just the <laughs> not just the actual people showing up but how right. are you how are you sharing your information what are you giving um and how does it fit into everything else you do it this is such a good conversation because as the world shifts once again as we start to think again as business owners i i don't know about you but so many of my clients keep saying i'd love to be able to to have a retreat component in my business again, or I'd love to have live intensives again in my business. I'm thinking about that. And, you know, we've, I've been working with my clients on different strategies and ways that they're working it in on a virtual or virtually in some cases now also in person. And, you know, as I have that conversation with them, I am talking about that, like the lead generation, the sales, the, you know, the, the bigger picture, right? Like, how are you going to be able to have that in, in your, you know, in your program, but where I love our conversation, the first time we really talked went was how you think very similar, similarly, but you think so much further than where I would go as a business coach. And what I love about what you do and, and who you work with is 
you can take someone's idea saying, I would like to have a retreat. I'd like to have that as part of my program, my mastermind, my coaching program, or I'd like to have it as a standalone. And you're not simply looking at where's it going to be and how much it's going to be, how much it's going to cost. I love some of the things that you pick up on. And actually, I know one of your gifts, which I'm going to just plant it in here now, is you have a free gift and I'll tell everyone the link. It's the top six retreat planning pitfalls to avoid, which I want everybody to grab. We're going to put the link below for you, but it's um, flowyotravel.com forward slash retreats. I want to bring this up now because I think that it is really easy to come up with the idea, right? And say, I'd love to do that. It would be so fun. And it would be great to put in my program, but there's a lot that goes into it and a lot of things that can happen along the way. So could you just share maybe one mistake or one pitfall or thing that happens right. that yeah. listeners might want to think about as they're considering this program? My, my biggest pet peeve, and get this just me and I know, Unless you are doing a challenge solution mm -hmm. outcome type of retreat where it's kind of making people take responsibility on a whole nother level, you know, unless mm -hmm. it's part of your, unless it's part of your teaching, right? <laughs> my biggest pet peeve is when you as a retreat leader do not support your arriving guests in getting to the location. Ooh. That's my big, yeah. it's, you know, and I, and this was part of, like I said, oh yeah, we're going, we're Nashville Friday night. We start at four o'clock, blah, blah, blah. Here's the place. See you then. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I understand we're all adults and we can book our own flights and whatever, but that's, that was the cornerstone of what I started doing was kind of just that People were coming to me with retreats and I was, when I started, it was just that group travel coordination mm -hmm. piece of, yes, we don't book their flights for them, but we support them in saying in order to not miss, you know, the timing of the retreat and make sure you have enough time. And even if there's a delay or all of those things, mm -hmm. we let them know what their best flight options are. And we send them a link like, you know, this Delta flight is best, this JetBlue flight is best, whatever it is, to make sure we're coordinating as a group. That also helps the retreat leader coordinate shared transfer, transportation to and from, which again, like you say, I look at it as that bigger picture. It's also really nice if people know the shuttle, the van, the whatever, the ride, is meeting them and they're going to be getting into that shuttle with all of the other retreat participants. It's almost a beginner icebreaker, yeah. right? Like they start to get to know each other, they get a little more comfortable. So by the time they arrive to the actual experience, they're energetically in a better place. They've already well, come down off that travel stress versus- yeah. Yeah. Everybody's got to get their own Uber and then they're calling around or what in some places we choose. Um, that's another thing we find really great of locations. Um, I, I get a lot like, oh, I found this amazing place. And then I look at it with a whole different level of 
How close is it to the airport? Is there a nearby airport? What type of transportation do they have? You know, so <laughs> there's just those variables of it's a great location, but it's two and a half hours from the closest airport, which is fine. Right. But nobody's going to pay for a two and a half hour Uber. So we need to arrange transportation. You need to add that into your budget. Like, see how it just keeps domino kind of tr trickling yeah. effect. Um, and I was going to say, that's my, that's my, my biggest pet peeve is the, the coordination beyond the event time itself. Yeah, well, and I was going to say the other thing that's changed over the years is that we used to get like we would go places, right? I wouldn't think twice about traveling, right? And and even before like like nine eleven, right? I, I I used to travel a lot, a lot, a lot, um, and I always traveled. And then after nine eleven, you know, we started really thinking about how we traveled differently, right? And how we packaged our things and all of that, and how much more time we needed at the airport. And now, since the pandemic there is some traveling happening again, right? Mm -hmm. And the first travel experience that I had, I remember thinking, this feels so different now. Like there's a lot more logistics, a lot more things to think about. Like even, mm -hmm. you know, I've traveled for the first time in, um, in, in a long time, I traveled last June and it was rather, I guess, mm -hmm. early on in some cases. And I remember thinking, I can't even really, I can't remember what it was like when I, didn't have to think about all these little details. It just feels so stressful now. Mm -hmm. So now we're entering this new phase, this new phase and stage. And I think people are beginning to think about, can I have an event? Can I have a retreat? Should I have a retreat? Mm -hmm. And now with the, all these other additional questions, this is why I think it's really important that you do the work that you do with thinking of all these details and asking all these questions. What would you say is one of the biggest things that's changed over the last two years in retreats and retreat planning? Obviously, just being able to come together as a group. I've had people who have put their whole retreat plan on hold. I have other coaches who continued straight throughout the pandemic, but modified the types of places we used, how many people, you know, going down to six or seven instead of 15, whatever mm -hmm. those numbers were. Um, so yeah, it's a lot of considerations. I would say one of the, when I work with new clients that are coming in now ready to plan, the, how do we say this? The audience, if you will, people, people are dying to reconnect. Yeah. That vibe is high, right? I think we're all feeling that. But with that, yearning to reconnect. So it is a prime time to start thinking about putting that in-person piece back into your plan. The flip side of that is it does take a little bit longer to yeah. make sure you can nurture your audience as much as we all want it. Like you're saying, it's a different feeling to actually get there. Mm -hmm. There are a, a few extra things. And again, we support that by any retreat, in-person event, summit, mastermind, everyone calls it something different. We just use the term retreat. Um, we include COVID protocols, COVID waivers as needed, um, attestation forms, you know, all of those things now that that, that was new, like yes. <laughs> that we're including those in the paperwork. We do fairly detailed FAQs 
for each event with especially the international ones because yet we're still doing those to say like this is the covid protocol this is the testing requirement this is you know so all of that's in there with like you were saying a very detailed packing list mm -hmm. um what to expect at the airport um a lot of things have changed um it's and i say not i don't want to minimize that it's not stressful mm. but i just you have to go in with the right expectation understanding that just like everywhere else in the world the airport is short-staffed <laughs> just yes. like you know going in with that expectation of you can't rush through like we used to right. um and get into the airport in an hour um you know so that's we put all of that in the faqs just so people i think once you have the expectation and you have a little bit of education and knowledge yeah it really lowers the anxiety and you can travel in a much happier space well it's so great for the participant to be able to travel and go and have the experience and be there but it's also so helpful for the business owner who is wanting to 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 deliver to serve if it's going to be generating leads or selling their programs or whatever that's going to look like to be able to lean back a little bit and i've done many over the years so lean back and know yeah that's covered i don't as a, as a you know a host or coach or expert to not have to worry i can tell you from all the years that i did have to worry <laughs> not the times that i didn't it was like this is refreshing and nice and you felt so taken care of and you knew your clients were being taken care of or potential clients too which i know you know in our conversations i can tell you're you're a caretaker right so you've expressed that in a few different ways so what do you think is one of the ways that you really love taking care of your clients that might be different than others that do what you do i think yeah it's i think it's twofold because i don't i think what makes it a little bit different is i don't just look at it from my client's perspective mm -hmm. i also look at it very much from a customer consumer guest perspective Great. um to see it as they will see it when they go through it. And I think that I offer feedback, <laughs> we'll call it feedback, tough love, <laughs> um, as needed <laughs> when I like, again, I think sometimes the leaders, my clients directly, they, they are so passionate about what they wanna offer and they put together, we same they put together their itinerary and their mm -hmm. agenda. And I go through that twofold i look at it from their viewpoint and the participants viewpoint is it too much is it too too little all yeah. of that and i have really frank conversations with my leaders about their energy like you were saying mm -hmm. yes you can do all the logistics i am sure Jeannie is more than capable right of knowing the task list and getting it done and communicating with all of your guests but in doing so, where are you, I call it like, where are the energy leaks? Yeah. And being in person for three, four, five, six days with a group of people takes a lot. Even when you're 
a, an amazing coach, fully extroverted, all of those things, right? So I look at my coach's leadership style. So that's, I think that's what's a little bit different is I really look at their leadership style, their flow and how they deliver and how the participants are going to go through that and see that as well to make sure it's balanced. This is so important because, you know, we're visionaries. Most of us are business owners. You act probably in both areas, you know, as a visionary for your own business and for your clients as well, but you're very detail oriented and you, you see all the things you turn over all the rocks and stones and you see what's underneath and then plan them out. You know, for many of us who are in that space of kind of big picture, it's very hard to not want, like you want a specific outcome. You want things done well, you want to show up a certain way. And you just hit something that was really important about our energy, like how we use our energy is so, so important. And a lot of my clients right now, they're scaling their business. They're moving into serving at a much more leveraged way. It's, it's no longer I'm working with one client at a time. It's I'm working with many clients at a time. I went through this myself when I moved into that space of having masterminds and I have more groups and I had more people coming and I had a lot of people at an event. And you start to think about like, how are you going to spend your time, right? How are you going to spend your time, your energy before during, <laughs> after, and I used to be so physically exhausted from my retreat, my retreats, my events, my live intensives. And I would give, give, give. And I was involved in every single moment of planning and thought it was hard. And yet I hid how hard it was, which I think is something I'm not doing as much of anymore. I'm like a lot more transparent about the stuff that burned me out. And when you're scaling, when you're growing, when you're going to the next level, we need people who are experts in areas that we're not experts in. And this is why this conversation is so great is because a lot of us are going to sell and serve in you know, in bigger ways, especially as we go into the future. And I think what one thing I want to go back to is the strategy piece. You come in and help someone really think about how they're spending their time, right? Not mm -hmm. just, you know, how they're going to spend it at the event, but how they're going to make the event profitable too, which I love because it's not simply that you're looking at this event, like, how are we going to get people logistically there? So can you tell me like, what, what happened? When did you notice that part of it? Like people were having these events and they were, but they weren't like looking at the profit piece or the strategy. Or, the profit or what, like I said, just that undervaluing. And it was, I gave a, a talk, you know, and it wasn't a keynote. It wasn't like that, but just, I was speaking to a group and it became really evident, I don't know, in their mindset or in their view that they were trying to compete with a group travel price point. Mm. So as a travel agent, I understand that. So you can get a six day trip through Greece and I'm just throwing numbers out there mm -hmm. for like $3,000. Right. So they were like, why would someone pay me $5,000 for a six day trip through Greece, because they're uh -huh. gonna Google it and see that it only costs this much. And it's like, well, first of all, 
first of all, you never book on a third party site. Well, that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so I ended up having this, this talk ended up being about how a group travel package is very different than a curated retreat experience. Great. And that's how they have to talk about it. And that's that when you do your sales page and your marketing for your retreat, yes, you want to highlight this magnificent location that you found, but it's not about the location. If people are coming, and of course, if we're doing Greece or Italy or Egypt or some of those really amazing places, right? it's a little bit about the location, right? We can't minimize that, but they should be coming because of you. Right. And if they are not, if they are there because it's just an amazing location, then they may not be the people you want at your event. Right. And so we had to kind of look at it as in people. And then the other thing is um, leaders would come and say, I want to have a $4,000 retreat. So that's how they were going into it. When I had to kind of say, no, we have to flip that script. You tell me what your outcomes are, how many people, what type of experience you want. Then we create the budget and then price it. Great. Great. You, like, cause they would often, ex- you know, oh, I want to do this and this and this, and we put it all in. And then they could at least really see, you know, mm-hmm. black and white. Oh, that's an $8,000 experience. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And not be caught up in somebody else's wallet is how we say it. You know, you never sell out of your own wallet. Right. Right. And that, and that's exactly what it is. And, you know, if you're looking dollar to dollar or, you know, just like what you said before, it's easy to make that assumption. Right. But when you aren't factoring in the entire experience or what you're bringing to it or the transformation that they're going to have, it's the same conversation I have with a lot of people when they'll think about, well, it's this amount of hours I'm spending working with someone and I charge X per hour. And I'm like, "Mm, wait a minute, Um, that you're not necessarily charging per hour here. You you have to think about the transformation that you're providing that's going to be faster and easier, smoother, whatever, than what they might be able to get on their own as well. And how much you've put into the knowledge, the, your experience, um, all of that, which is really what comes back to this is like, you've been doing this for so many years. You've planned probably like countless trips, either on a personal level or business level or combination of all of them. And the thing that happens, I think, is that sometimes we get into this mindset of, oh, it's easier for us to do it ourselves. I don't want to pay for someone else to do this. Well, what I think they're paying for is not only something on the front end, which is the support, it's the back end, which is by having someone come in and support you with this, what is possible by you doing that? What's possible for you to make money? What's possible for you to support clients? And yeah. I always like to look at the bigger side of it. The, the quick esti- estimation of hours it takes to plan what I call, you know, starter basic retreat is about 50 hours. So look (laughs) at your, and and that's from someone who doesn't necessarily go down the Google rabbit hole because I know Mm -hmm. what I'm looking for, right? Like I know what I'm looking for. Um, It's this, right. Yes. You're more than capable. I am sure of doing it yourself, but 
hold times now. Um, I was on hold with an airline for six hours. Like that's not uncommon. Um, or you put in your number, they give you a call back and it's hours or days later. Same thing with venues and rentals and hosts. And, you know, you're sending emails, you're waiting for a response, you get a response. Like there's so much back and forth yeah. that just like I call it like little energy sucks all over the place yeah. that when you give that to someone else, you could have, again, depending on your business and your model, but are you run? You could run a whole nother group. You could have three more one-on-one clients. Mm -hmm. You could do a whole chat. You could focus on a challenge for lead gen for the retreat, right? Mm -hmm. Like, which all works together. Um, and there are amazing books and programs and resources out there on how to plan a retreat. Um, not all are fabulous, mm -hmm. but there are some really good ones. I always look at it as just because you read the book or mm -hmm. took the program and you have a checklist, it's twofold. It doesn't mean just because you know what needs to be done doesn't necessarily mean you know how to do it in the most efficient way. Right. Yeah. And it doesn't mean you want to do it. Well, I'll, I'll tell you in my case, uh, you know, as my business kept growing and I, uh, over the years, I kept thinking, wait a minute, do I need to learn this strategy for me uh, and learn it and do it? Or is, do I need to know about this strategy or this information just to know about it and then be able to hire somebody else who might be better at doing it so I can spend my time and energy elsewhere. And we get stuck in that sometimes where we're like, Oh, I should be involved in all of this because I need to know all the back end, blah, 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 blah. But on the other hand, it's like, wait a minute, if I have somebody that knows what they're doing with this and I don't have to buy the course on this or all the things, right? right? Mm -hmm. Instead, I need to know that this is a strategy I want. I need to have enough information that I need to ask good questions and make good decisions, which also includes finding the people that can do some of the things that we don't always have the time to do. Right. And I think those things get harder in some ways, but in the end, the better we get at that, the easier it is for us to grow our business and take it to another yes. level, right? Yeah, because you're staying in your momentum, in your zone mm -hmm. of genius, or you know, all those things we're calling it. But mm -hmm. it's the same thing. And when I stay in my planning logistic strategy mode, right, I can bang out so much more. <laughs> exactly. Because um, I'm not pulled into other things. And I've also heard, you know, people who have paid for a course, they feel like, well, I've already invested in the course. So now they feel <laughs> guilt, responsibility, like, oh, I, I already right. invested a few thousand dollars and took the course. So now I, I should be doing it, mm -hmm. which I understand on an emotional level. But the flip side is, yes, you invested in that course. And now you exactly you've learned the expectation, you learned all that goes into it. And now you can decide, yeah, is that for you or not? And just like anything else, accountability is key. Yeah, is key. Yeah. So many. I also look at how many people have taken those types of courses because I'm in a lot of groups with mm -hmm. thousands of people. And out of those thousands, what a small percentage have actually moved forward and done yeah. it on there because again, it's a lot, it's great to know, it's great to understand the expectation, but like you were saying, it doesn't mean you have to incorporate it and become it, become it and do it all. Um, yeah. 
Can you tell me, Amy, what is one of the places that people keep asking to go to now? The hot spots. Um, the hot <laughs> spots right now are Costa Rica, mm. which has been hot, like hot for a while in, in the retreat um, space. Mexico is huge since the pandemic because it is easy in and out. Mm. Um, very affordable. Mm -hmm. Flights are very affordable. Like again, you have to take all of those things into consideration. It's not just the great location. Flights are very affordable. The protocols um, are easiest. You know, the yeah. hoops are a little bit easier to jump through. Domestically, um, the Midwest, Arizona, Utah, Colorado. Mm -hmm. um, but people think, well, we'll just stay in the U.S. That's actually much more expensive to have your retreat in the U.S than it is internationally. So yeah, I've actually heard another the thing same. to think about. Yeah. Yeah. And which is yeah. really great because when you're tossing ideas around about where you want to have it, it's really nice to have someone who spends all their time doing this research. And it's like, yeah, this is what's this is what's kind of trending right now. There's this is what place you might want to consider staying away from. You've got all these factors that you're thinking about. As opposed to, you know, like for me, I well, years ago my daughter um, lived in Europe for a semester and traveled. And so we went there for a couple of weeks and I was like, you know, I always had this dream. I'm going to have a retreat back in Europe again. And I'm thinking, I wouldn't even know where to start today. Right. right. Because of so much has changed. Right. Yeah. It's not that the desire hasn't gone away. It's that mm -hmm. I now have this. Okay. I have other, a lot of other things that I'm doing in my business. So okay. I can have someone else explore and give me all the facts and I can make my decisions and go right go from there which is really really helpful mm -hmm. exactly. i only have a couple more questions um but i could talk to you all day long i love this topic so much amy because i think that one of the things is we are craving being together again we are craving having experiences and one of the reasons why i've always loved being in person or retreats or experiences in general is because some of us learn so differently and i'm I'm, I'm like an experiential learner, which is why I love this, but there's something magical that happens when you're together. Um, and I've seen it, I've witnessed it, you know, the bonds that form the, the yeah. tears, <laughs> that happen, right? Yes. What, yeah. what would you say that are some it, of your favorite parts about like when everyone is together and you get to witness that or know that exactly, that's happened? It's exactly that because I'm the same way. Like I, there's a place in, in my heart for six month group coaching, masterminds, whatever, but it's, you approach it in a different way. It's, oh, it's Wednesday. I got to get my homework done or I've got to, oh, I got to think about that now, but you still know the dog needs to get walked and dinner needs to be done. Mm -hmm. When you're in a retreat space, whatever, when you're in that, like we were talking about the work, the momentum, you're not pulled away. You're not distracted with your everyday stuff that just how quickly the evolution comes that's I'm never not in awe of it yeah if that makes you know when we get a small or larger group even if it's a larger summit you know 100 people we do those too but yeah. um it just again being in that collective energy in yes, in a woo-woo way, but not even in a woo-woo way, like, right, just that collective energy of creativity and 
openness and vulnerability and all of that that happens when you're in person. Um, yeah, I've I've done some two to three day retreats that have propelled me forward more quickly with higher outcomes than six month programs have. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it's it's obviously once you start going like for me i was doing it for a long time and i remember thinking oh i'm getting a lot out of it as a retreat or you know event host mm -hmm. i was like i'm getting all of this and i'm and what i was watching was how everyone was gaining momentum or ideas or breakthroughs and i was watching it and i was feeling the energy and i was like it's just so powerful to be able to bring people together in that space. And I'll just share this one, um, my last event that I had in 2019, it was my biggest event. And I remember I had asked everybody to do something, um, which because at the time I was focusing mostly on teaching women how to get out and speak on stage as one of the strategies to attract more clients, I had asked women to post, to, to request, hey, you know, if, if anyone's looking for a speaker, I, this is what I talk about. So I ask people to put it on their social media page. And there's like, it's a lot to say that, to ask that, right? And, or to do it. Some people are like right in there and they do it. And then they said, like popcorn, I want you to be able to come at any time during the rest of the event and tell us when you got something. Like I got, I got this locked in or I got this locked in. And what I noticed is after that, women would stand up and say, I just got booked a podcast or I just got a speaking opportunity. And it was empowering everybody else in the room who might've been nervous to post a request. Like I would love to be considered a speaker. And this is what I talk about. It was empowering people to do it. It was, and then what was happening in the room was, hey, I can speak on your podcast and I can speak on your podcast. And all of this kept going and going. And I just thought, this is what this is about. It's I just had to plant the idea. I had to hold the container in the space to say, everyone can do this. And then one after the other, it was really a magical experience. Well, needless to say, a few months later, nobody was really speaking on stages, but the good news was a lot of people were speaking on podcasts and had lined up a lot of those opportunities because A, they knew how to do it and B, they were getting some of those experiences from that event. And so going back to all of this, it's sometimes you don't even think that you can do these things on your own. And then you're in a collective and you realize, you know what, that was a really good idea. Or I feel stronger for being able to do this because I'm being in community with other people when I'm not really feeling that strong or aware that I can. So I'm sorry, I went on for a long time about that, but no, but that's exactly, exactly it. And that's another thing. So many leaders that I work with, retreats end up becoming, I want to say, you know, the larger portion of their business strategy because of like you were just saying what they get out of it. They find out, they find that that's where they want to spend more time. Yeah. So we work on how do we make that happen again while still meeting your revenue goals. Exactly. That's exactly yep. it. Okay, this has been such a good conversation. I have only two more questions for you. So where do you spend most of your time on social media these days? Um, Facebook and LinkedIn. Okay, great. I really and, want to hang out. Okay, good. And is there something that you're reading that you're enjoying right now? 
Um, well, <laughs> it's I'm like, I'm looking at my stack because I do have about three books that I'm halfway into right now. Oh, I'm um, you know, like one of those. And um, The Six Habits by Laura DiBendito. Oh, I don't know that one. Okay, um, great. Yeah, that one is always, I go back to that one. I probably, this is my third, third read through that one. Great. Yeah. Excellent. Awesome. I love that. Okay. So do you have, uh, this is my third, third question. The last one, what's coming up for you in this coming year, you know, with things starting to pivot again, what are you excited about in your business? I'm, I'm just really excited that it really seems, and I'm, I hope I don't jinx it, that we're kind of over the hump not to minimize again mm -hmm. where we are, but that people are ready and willing to kind of say, okay, this is what it is. How do I need to move forward with it? Um, and I'm excited to help, you know, support and carry people through that and make it happen. Excellent. I love this. Well, I mentioned this earlier. I'm going to say it again, and you'll see it in the show notes below. We'll have some really good points that Amy had brought up in this interview. So you can skim right through it, but please listen to this a couple of times over because I have a feeling people are really wanting to get together. And if you don't want to make mistakes, or if you want to avoid some of the things that a lot of people are doing, please go and download Amy's free gift. Uh, it's the six retreat pitfalls at flowyotravel.com forward slash retreats. If you're looking to scale your business and you're thinking, you know, I am running out of time working with as many clients one-on-one -on -one and you're ready to scale your business and be able to figure out how you can serve more people, then you can contact me over at geniespyro.com and I would be happy to talk to you more about that. That is it for this episode. I thank you so much for listening. Please go ahead and follow Amy. We will get your LinkedIn and Facebook information below so people can follow you there as well. Amy, Great. thank you again for being here. Thank you, Jeannie. Always happy to be with you. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Midlife CEO Podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and give us some stars and a favorable review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in.